0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, this is Kongsaw with Believe in SESU Basketball here on the Believe Podcast Network, a place with a show for every team in San Diego and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? This episode, we're going to break down and recognize the juniors on the team and what type of roles or futures they have in the upcoming season. So without further ado, here we go. And before we begin, if you have any questions, please feel free to drop a comment in the podcast um, episode note subscription box thingy on iTunes, or uh, just drop me a message on NASGNAK on Instagram. You can also comment on any of the social media posts for SASU Basketball on at Believe Sports. Um, Love to hear what you guys think, talk about the Aztecs, and hopefully build off of this really successful season. Um, But we'll go get right into it. We'll, We'll start with the men's team. We'll go in numerical order. So wearing number four for the men this season was Trey Pulliam. Um, this was a guy who I was really impressed with this year. His composure and poise off the bench was what stood out the most to me. And to better understand that, um, I think it really helps explain his, the experience that he gained playing two seasons in a junior college. Um, typically for me, what that means to me is just the willingness to continue to um, keep playing for that dream, you know, just because you're in a junior college, a lot of people might scoff at that or think that you're not quite um, ready or will be ever ready for D1 basketball. But here's this guy who took two years in junior college and it paid off. And now he's a key player off the bench for an ASEC team that was the last in the country to be undefeated and number six in the nation. You know, his journey is similar to, you know, those those people in high school you were friends with that took the junior college route. Hey, I want to save money and I want to go to um, a great school in town, but it's too expensive right now. um, But I still want to go so I can spend two years, work hard, save some money and um, transfer in. And, you know, I'll admit 17 years old you sold the dream of Going to a good school right away is the best way just get in get your four years and get out and You tell yourself or you're also told that if you go this junior college or alternative alternative route There's a chance you might just be a lifer in in junior college. There's a lot of risk involved What if you don't get in then what and blah 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 and? Sure. I mean, those are all legitimate reasons, but you always have those boys and girls who are very adamant about going to a college, and I witnessed that. A lot of my friends from high school took the junior college route and went to a university that they really liked, and now they're happy, and they don't have as much debt, and they still have the degree that says that they graduated from their dream school. And that's sort of what Trey's um, basketball journey so far reminds me of i mean every time he was on the court you can really see a particular energy that wasn't too rushed but also wasn't lackadaisical it reminds me of a time where um i'm not saying that i play like trey pulliam or that trey pulliam pulls, plays like me but there was a time after a game where you know, you lose, it sucks. And the car ride home is typically very quiet. And my dad just, you can kind of tell, you know, uh, parents sort of have a deep inhale, like, but nothing comes out. And so you can tell they're sort of trying to formulate the words in their mind before they really say it. So after about three or four of those, you just kind of hear my dad go, well, look, you didn't play well, but uh you definitely didn't make the team worse when you're on the court and at first you're just sort of like wow thanks that's literally not a compliment at all but you know the older you get and hindsight being 2020 20, what you realize is a lot of it has to do with energy how you enter a workplace or a room or a competition or whatever the the thing that you're getting into there's a certain aura of energy that surrounds that environment and you can walk in and think that you own the place and stink it up you can think that you're the worst and stink it up that way or you can walk in embrace it for what it is put your own little remix to it but don't put too much to it and don't take too much out of it and that helps actually steady the ship and that's what trey does a lot you know he has a couple of great moves his handle is getting there and he can get to the rim Uh, relatively easily but if he gets a more consistent jumper and and is able to knock more down from three given the fact that KJ is graduating we're assuming Malachi goes pro there's going to be this starting minutes spot or at least minutes equal to a starter that that's up for grabs and I think Trey really has a good chance at getting that I mean he's a great he can turn into a great uh, playmaker and great point guard so um I'm really optimistic about Trey's future. And speaking of optimistic, uh, Mr. Matt Mitchell, were number 11, this was sort of his breakout year. Um, he had an incredible body transformation, transformation from sophomore to junior year. He's been with the Aztecs from the very beginning. Um, looking at past articles from the San Diego Union-Tribune, you see that he was rumored to be as heavy as 260 pounds and Sounds like a lot even for somebody with a 6'6 frame. And now you look at the website or uh, the Aztec site and it says he's 225. And I'm 30 years old and as of this recording on a Sunday night in about two and a half months, I have lost about eight pounds and I feel phenomenal. This guy in maybe about twice as much time lost about like four times as much weight. I mean, it's incredible what he was able to do. And losing the weight isn't necessarily difficult. I mean, I'm sure you know somebody that does it all the time, whether it's getting ready for, you know, Vegas or the summer season or whatever. It's a, the ability to keep it off throughout the year. And you really got to see him benefit from that. Oftentimes, he was a top scoring option when the offense was a little stagnant. He would at times get off to a really hot start in the second half and that really helped cut the lead significantly right away like snap of a finger or build the lead from seven to 16 and then you just kind of put them away so Matt was outside of Malachi the most important Aztec this year and because of the body transformation transformation he was still able to maintain a lot of the strength. And so even though he's 6'6", he was able to hold his own whenever he got switched on to bigs. So I definitely see him being a, a number one scoring option for the Aztecs next year. He might not be the top playmaker. He might not get the, the, the buckets in the same way that Malachi will get them. But you look at all his numbers uh, skyrocketed upward. His goal percentage from... His sophomore year last year went from 40.5% to 46.8. Three-point shooting went from 32.8% to 39.3. Free throw went from 75.5% to 87.3. I mean, he really worked hard. And the lighter frame has, you know, benefited him in so many ways. And that's not to mention he's probably had the Aztecs, of all the Aztecs, the dunk of the year against New Mexico, where he cocked it back, and I genuinely still don't know to this day how he was able to dunk it. Um, if you don't know what that is, just YouTube it. It is incredible, and it ends with a scene, a shot to Bill Walton, who's just kind of smiling um, year to year, so it, it kind of ties in the highlight perfectly. He's definitely cut down on his turnovers. He's increased his offensive game. Um, if there's any particular knack that I would say he would need to work on is I feel like in seasons past when he's bigger he is able to sort of brace the physical nature of post play a little bit better and now that he's a little lighter and quicker on his feet I've noticed him having a tendency to sort of try and reach around post entry passes and sort of try to get into passing lanes where He, Because of the significant loss from one season to another, maybe he feels like he's a guard, like he's a cage, and he could certainly move like that at times, but it's not always the case, and he gets into foul trouble quite a bit in that regard, but that's just, at this point, splitting hairs. Um, We're going to go ahead and move forward to number 20 on the Aztecs, Jordan Shackle. From Torrance, California, where I went to elementary and middle school. So shout out to Torrance. He's also been somebody that's with been with the Aztecs from the very beginning, and he's just a flat out shooter, over forty percent from three. A um, couple of the highlights you can see of his online is his high school alma mater, Bishop Montgomery. With him in tow, leading the team upset. Uh, Marvin Bagley's Sierra Canyon in the CIF playoffs, I think is 2018, 2017. Um, So that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool uh, resume builder, if I say so myself. Um, But I think with him, we had so many playmakers and a big, who was also able to spread the floor that he was able to benefit off of that with a lot of catch and shoot threes and catch and shoot jumpers. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying that he doesn't have it in his game. We just didn't really see it this year because he didn't need to do it. But next year, I think, will involve a lot more creating space for himself. Two dribbles, step backs, or increasing his conditioning to be able to catch and shoot, run and shoot off of curls, down screens, pin screens, zippers, whatever you want to call it. Flex screens, there's a lot of things. Flares. With those certain types of players gone, I just don't know how those elements will be in play next year. So there is a good chance that Jordan will have to um, find way find more creative ways to shoot. And I think there will be a greater percentage of his shots coming off the dribble compared to this year when it was mostly catch and shoot. Um, but he's still very dangerous in transition. He's the guy that you have guys flying to the rim and he just kind of comes in the background. And if you're not paying attention, he's going to be there and he's definitely going to make it. And to round out the junior class, um, this is definitely somebody that's not going to come back next year is Malachi Flynn, who wore number 22. He was Mr. Do-It-All this year. Uh, I have a, I wouldn't say soft spot, but I know that there is a long line of hoopers, particularly guards from the state of Washington which he is from. He played two years at Washington state before he transferred over to SCSU. And one thing that the state of Washington basketball has in common with all these guards is just their ability to go get buckets. I mean, you have most notably Jamal Crawford, you have Nate Robinson, Zach Levine, um, to name a few. And he's just another one of those guys. You he would put up a silent box score, meaning you just watch the game and if you had to predict how many points Malachi would have or how many assists Malachi would have, it's often less than what he really output or really produced. And that's because he there's no frills to his game. He just goes to work, gets the buckets, and goes home. I mean, this guy has a myriad of, of dribbles and he does really well with uh, big men like Yanni and he played really well with Yanni this year. He has great footwork, has great handles, and he sees the court really well. So he is definitely somebody I would say is who, somebody who likes to get his teammates involved first, which makes him a lot more dangerous, a la Steve Nash, in the sense that, you know, you go through the motions of an offense, obviously before every game, you're going to know what the team has, and you have somebody that's going to look for other people. So, your initial instinct is to make sure that everybody is covered and everybody is not at their spots so that the playmaker can't get everybody else going. But the secondary thought then is to stop the playmaker from scoring. And when somebody can score like the way Malachi can, to have him to have like the defense think, oh, stop Malachi from scoring as a second to have Malachi stop distributing the ball. That's dangerous because now he can beat you off the dribble. He can get the pick and roll going. He can just sort of pass and go to the corner and let the offense roll and he'll be open for a shot. I mean, there's a lot of ways that he can really hurt opposing teams. And he's money from the free throw line. And he's extremely, extremely good at playing against the big man downhill against the pick and roll. He can do anything he wants to get to any spot on the court in that scenario. I think that's why he played so well off of Yanni. And it's something that I don't see kids do a lot these days, let alone even NBA players. But those games where his shot wasn't falling, he was very quickly to try and figure out what else he could do to get other, to make his, um, what am I trying to say? Even if his shot wasn't falling, he was willing to find out what other parts of the game he can make an impact in whether it's rebounding whether it's defense he was very good at just making sure he had an impact in one way shape or another and he led the conference in assisted turnover ratio second team ap all american he's currently projected to be a second round pick and we all know what happens with you know certain second round picks they might get overlooked from small schools I am very, very confident. I don't. I don't think this is much of a hot take, but he will be on an NBA roster next season. Book it, hands down. Stamp it, notary it. Throw everything else away because we can't. So we can't override it and mail it because it's gonna happen. Um, and then moving forward to the women's team, there are three more juniors. We're gonna start with number five, Tia Adams, a reserve guard. Um, she improved her free throw percentage dramatically 59.4% last season. And now 74.3% this season, she can get to the cup and she doesn't jump high, but she can jump far. So her takeoff point is a little different than what you might expect. And as a defender, that's kind of hard to gauge, especially if they can come, if they can jump far, that means they're coming at your body a lot quicker if you jump too late, that's a foul. If you jump too early, she's going to just float right past you. So that, that takeoff point really takes a little bit uh, getting used to. This season, she had a season-high 18 points against UNLV. And for all of the talk that I had where I kept emphasizing that the girls would need to finish games with more assistant turnover, she's one of the players that actually finished the entire season with more assistant turnovers. So shout out to Taya. She, gra- she has grabbed 100 rebounds in each of the last two seasons, which is great for a reserve guard. Um, I think that she'll get a little bit more opportunities this upcoming year with Taylor gone, and hopefully she can look to capitalize on that. We'll move forward to number 24, Kiara Edwards, a reserve forward uh, from Surprise, Arizona. Great name for a city. Chiara um, was part of the highest ranked recruiting class for SDSU a couple years ago and with four seniors leaving that should open up some more opportunities for her. She only averaged four minutes a game this season but a great off-season can open up a lot of opportunities especially with the credentials that she had during her recruiting um, coming into SDSU. We definitely know that the skill is there that the talent is there. So hopefully We'll see what she does with the opportunity, and to round out the junior class, last but certainly not least, Na Naomi Ikwidiki. I think I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I probably am. Number forty-five. She's been struggling through some injuries the first couple of years. I know she had a medical redshirt. I think for between her freshman and sophomore year, so she's just played spot minutes throughout the season, but. She's a 6'6 post presence, so I'm just really hopeful to see what a healthy postseason can do, um, or I'm sorry, a healthy offseason can do for her. I'm curious to see what that can mean uh, for the Lady Aztecs, just because when I was in school and practicing against the likes of Jessica Bradley and Paris Johnson, who are both six, five post players that changed the entire dynamic of the team. If you have somebody you can throw into the post or even protect the rim that frees the guards to really be aggressive out on the wings, jump passing lanes, try to attack. Cause you know, if you get beat back door, if you get beat to the rim, you have somebody there to help clean up any mistakes. So, you know, hopefully fingers crossed, knock on wood, that, uh, Naomi is going to be healthy and ready for next year. And those are the six juniors for the Aztecs this season. We'll see what happens. Good luck to Malachi in advance uh, during the NBA draft. I'm very hopeful to see he'll be on a team that I like to root for. Um, If you like the show, please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. We're available wherever podcasts can be found you can find us at believe.com and at believe podcasts we also have a new uh, instagram specifically catered towards the sports podcast at believe sports feel free to sh- uh, shout out and message on any post there or um, feel free to message me at nasgnak on instagram if you're interested on oh, can't talk to it What is wrong with me if you're interested in advertising on this show Please contact us at believe.com. The upcoming episode will dig into the sophomores and then the freshmen and then the upcoming class. So, um, within a couple weeks' time, we'll be ready to expect or ready to know what, what's going to happen next year or ready to, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think it's, t- I think it's time to go. Um, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's being safe. I hope everybody is social distancing. And until next time, go sex Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.